0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Heidi ho And your co-host... I didn't have have anything. That's that's fine. You can't can't always be on the ball. Sometimes, you you know, sometimes you have off days. Fine. Uh, Also joining us is your co-host, Spaz.
1: Brought to you by a space mutiny. (laughs) Oh, yes. On Thursdays.
0: Uh sadly, um Hunter is not feeling well today so he wasn't able to join us. So hopefully we, he feels better soon. Uh migraines are not a fun thing from what I understand. Uh but we do have a guest today joining us from Michigan. Uh I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do it. Programmer Tyler Miller Shasky. Hey guys,
2: I, thanks for having me. And that was that was correct.
0: Thank God. Okay. Uh, Tyler is here to talk about the currently kick-starting uh, Dwarf Fortress in Space, as they're calling it, Space Station Simulator, uh, which was, again, congratulations, been fully funded at this point, so you don't need our help. So good night, everybody. Uh, that was a great show. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 no, congratulations. congratulations on being funded.
3: Now, now, when you say fully funded, that means... If you say you ran out of money a year from now, we're going to find you.
2: Absolutely, that's what it means. Um, so we're <laughs> going to put our full address and our relatives uh, on the Kickstarter page, so you can find us.
3: Yeah, self doxing. That's, yeah. that's by the that's,
0: way. That's, that's our plan. Yeah. <laughs> the game is Starmancer, my friends. I didn't even get that far. The oh, game yeah, is, yeah. The game is Starmancer. It is a space station uh, simulator. Uh, it's uh, we were able to play a very early build of it uh, where we were mostly be able to uh, plant some things down, build a few things and uh, the build tool I have to say is really pretty straightforward like the only problem I had was sometimes I would build walls that were too thick for doors and I could not figure out how to get doors could not figure out how to get doors through some of those thick walls but you know, still early days So uh, let's start from the beginning. When did uh, Starmancer become a thing, and how did it become a thing?
2: So let's see. Um, Back in about 2011, um, Victor was making just a random Minecraft mod with my friend. Um, I saw his art. It looked really nice. I weasel my way in. We start making games together. So we've been making games together ever since. Um, And about three years ago, we were looking for something to work on. Um, And I personally really liked Dwarf Fortress. And I remember reading a story. What was it? boat murdered someone out there has read the story boat murdered anyway um and so i saw it and i talked to victor i said hey we could like do something like this but we could make it look um more accessible right instead of it having like ascii characters for sprites um anyway so we've been working on it part-time since about 2015 and we've been working on it full-time for a little over a year now
0: what were some of the other games you you worked on
2: um some that you've probably never heard of um, we released a very simple mobile game on Android called, get ready for it, it's a good one, Super Squid Squisher. And
4: wait, a
0: game wait, wait, squid. wait, what, can you say it again?
2: Yes, Super Squid Squisher.
0: Okay, I'm gonna Go try and, it out. I'm gonna try and it's say that. Good. Super, Squid. Ah, fuck, Super- Super, squ- nice super Squid Squisher! I can all- oh my god! <laughs> yeah,
3: baby
2: buggy bumpers.
0: Oh my god! Fans
2: of alliteration and tongue twister. So
0: I'm a fan of both those things. That's why I had to try it because I I love alliteration. I really love alliteration. So Super Squid yeah. Squisher. That is hard, man. Yeah, we should have done Stellar Starmancer, huh? Oh well. Ah, uh, uh, next. Ah, oh, that would have been great. Too.
3: <laughs>
2: it sounds a lot like Stella Star, which is from Star Crash.
3: Huh. One of the lead characters. Are you familiar with the Star Crash? I am not.
0: Uh, oh, well, we'll oh. Yeah. It's it's if if you have Netflix, it is That's on the delicious. it is on the first season of uh it is on the current season of MST Mystery Science Theater three thousand, and you could watch it that way if you had I don't Netflix. Know what
3: Mystery Science Theater could possibly add to that movie?
0: The <laughs> oh, John they movie. they make it they pretty add great. Quite a bit. Okay. They they did a really great job with it. They really did. I mean, yeah, it's already got Christopher Plummer and David Hasselhoff. I mean, with
3: a laser mask, with a with,
0: with a laser sword, Fighting
3: robots with a lightsaber. That's right, David Hasselhoff.
0: And and some of the skimpiest okay. clothing very, you will see, you will see in a science fiction movie that isn't porn, because oh my god,
3: <laughs> and they they got a sheriff robot talks like this. Oh my
0: god, I forgot about the sheriff robot. Oh my god, that oh, movie. that's
3: the best. <laughs> anyway, that shit came out on Blu ray and I could not
0: <laughs> fast How's it look on Blu uh, real quick, how's it look on Blu ray? How's it It, it look- looks
3: freaking amazing. It's a good
0: transfer. Movies. Okay.
3: Yeah, well the, the the most expensive thing about that movie is the film stock that they shot it on. They use like, oh. super primo film stock for some reason to make a fifty cent <laughs> movie. But yeah. Well that's good to hear. But anyway.
0: Anyway, yes. sorry, we have tangents here on the space oh, game fun. junkie podcast. We're a bit, we're big into very cheesy. Like I'm actually wearing my Megaforce t-shirt right now. Uh,
3: I should I should go put my uh, my dabbing pickle shirt on that my wife got me.
0: <laughs> so you've been working on this game since 2015. Yes, that's that's and it's it's already like like I I gotta say the build interface is really pretty um. Oh, pretty um, straightforward. I really like the middle mouse button to rotate. I really like – it kind of reminded me of SimCity 2000 a little bit, especially with laying down the power lines.
3: Yeah, yeah I'm, so. thinking, I'm thinking you get the build stuff down pretty good. Uh, that's, that's nice because, like, the walls snap together. And yeah. I didn't find myself placing stuff where I was like, ah, crap, you know, that didn't go where – no, th- everything landed exactly where I wanted and – you know, it's like if as long as you're dragging, you can resize stuff, so you don't like commit to things by mistake. And yeah, I had no frustration with the building stuff, and, the, awesome. and the art's banging too. By the way, I tell, love the art,
0: love the art. Yeah,
2: but yep. uh, so, something right. that was really important to us is that um, it, that it's it's fun to build like as a toy. So if you had no objective at all, it should feel fun to um to build. Because if it doesn't feel fun to build. Um, essentially the fundamental part of the game isn't fun and the game won't be fun. So we spent a long time just making sure that building felt sort of polished and good.
0: And I have to admit, I'm usually not a fan of building things. I just want to get in there and yeah. shoot things or kill things or run around things. But yeah, like you were saying, it is actually fun to build. It was very straightforward. And like I said, it really harkened back to that like SimCity 2000, which I spent a lot of time in. And it really felt like... Cause have you played Have you played SimCity 2000 back in the day? Uh, not
2: that one specifically.
0: Oh, because that one—it's probably like I think it's probably the best in the series. And the building in that game was really detailed, yet not—it was not difficult. It was not super challenging, but it yeah. still had a lot of detail. And that's what your game reminded me of, which is really nice. So kudos. Yeah, thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely felt ex- accessible. I would say,
0: in terms of
1: you can build what you need to build and it's not, it's not daunting as long as you know what you want to do. It's not daunting. Yeah.
2: And then you had to deal with the very placeholder interface. So that was fun, I guess. Yeah. But not (laughs) not as ghastly as some interfaces.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. No, it was, it was your interfaces. I know it's It's placeholder, but it's fine. Yeah. We had, I had no problem moving around and doing what I need to do. Very, very usable, very usable. So no problems there. But yes, I. Uh, so the interesting about your sta- your builder your station builder, which is unlike say other builders like Startopia and whatnot, is that you're actually a physical representation in the game. You're like an AI that has an actual not body, but I guess that's the closest approximation.
2: Yeah, we're calling it a core. Yeah. So what we wanted was the player to feel sort of, um, you know, physically place in the world. Right. We wanted the player to feel. Um, I guess he, he should have some sort of stakes or she. There should be stakes when someone attacks your colony beyond just oh, I care about my colonists dying. So we really wanted the player to have some sort of physical embodiment that can be attacked and they have to actually defend something important. Um, because ordinarily in these games what you're defending is sort of arbitrary. So mm-hmm, maybe you're defending right. your maybe just your people or just maybe your some random inventory room or something like that. Um, but in this game in Starmancer you physically have to defend yourself.
3: So are, are you a uh... A person that can walk around and interact with the other people, or are you like a popsicle in a tube, or what?
2: No, you're more like a popsicle in a tube. So, um, you're actually basically your brain was ripped out of your body, and you've been fused with machine, and now you're sort of like the AI overlord of this entire station. Oh yeah, that happened to Spock once.
0: It's and kind it turned of, out it, all right. It's kind of Dungeon Keeper. I, I know I keep comparing it to other games, but it's, it reminds me of Dungeon Keeper, where you have yeah, kind of
3: like you're the Dungeon Heart.
0: Yeah, you're the, it's, it's the heart of the dungeon, and it's actually a thing that needs to be protected by your people and whatnot. And it's actually kind of your representation of you and the world. So and I, I don't mean to keep comparing your game to other games, but that's what it reminded me of in a very good way.
3: Yeah, no, that's cool, actually. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, you're there. and you, Okay, so calls back to one of my favorite ancient games is Suspended, where you are a popsicle. Right, trying to save the there's a co- a complex that you're in.
0: That's there's the a, that's the like infocom a,
3: accident. That's right. the infocom text. There is right? an accident, yeah. and you're trying to guide these little robot drones around to fix things because you can't move. You're uh, much like much like Pinback in Dark Star. Right, you're you're a popsicle. They just thaw you out to ask you questions. But yeah, so I mean, as far as like a management thing, I could I could definitely see. You know, it, it's. Uh, Kind of taking a note from Spock's brain, right? It was like, well, you your respiration is actually the air system. You know, you moderate that. So it, it's kind of like you know your brain's wired up because it can process things for the station, like a you know like the AI, right? So I, I assume there is no AI to go rogue on the station if you're it. No, is um, there?
2: No, there's not. It's just it's just you. You know, you might have some sort of subsystems or something like that um, that sort of serves to guide the player a little bit. Um, but we don't have any plans for them going rogue. Okay. But if you want, you could be the rogue AI.
0: Because, yeah, I, nice. I, was, I was reading your, the Kickstarter, and it's like you're being built basically out of what's left of an arc ship. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes. I, and, but basically there are other arcs as well in the solar system that you can interact with in various ways, and you could be, if you wanted to be, that rogue AI, kind of like, um, oh, God, now I'm not remembering the name. Hal, thank you. Uh, you can kind of be like Hal a little bit if you want to be. Um, but you also, sh- but you also have to interact with these other arcs, and they also have. Am I guessing correctly? They also have their own AIs as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the idea is that all the arc ships have a starmancer. So you, the player, are a starmancer. Um, in addition to it being the name of the game, so all these arc ships, they all have. They're just like your station, and they all have their own stories. Um, of course, you never get to see their stories, but implicitly, they have their own stories. Right. That's, that's pretty cool. So, do you have any direct control over your colonists? Can you can you grab somebody and say, "Go over there and pick that up"? No, you can order them, um, and then there, there's a morale system. So, as long as they're feeling happy enough, they'll do it. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah, I, like more along the lines of say, Majesty, where you are giving directives, but you're not actually saying. I click on you. I tell you go here, and then you go
2: there. Right. It's it's not so much of an RTS, right, where where you're physically going to micromanage every single person and you know click them and make them do things. Well, that Instead, you to give them directives. Well, see, there, there's a thing
3: like in uh, well a lot of these games, right, where I kind of run into a frustration point where I'm like, I wish that I could just grab that guy and make him damn do it. You know, it's like how come nobody's picking up that that rock right there? Damn it, do it. And uh, so what I was thinking, though, is like if you're a popsicle and this kind of calls back to you know my favorite Infocom game, what if you did have like a robot drone and and like you could actually directly just grab the damn drone and run it over there? And, and that way you, you give them a little bit of agency in the world.
2: Yeah, we're actually not comp- like we were thinking about doing something like that. Um, so a problem with sort of having your colonists with you having indirect control is you better hope that the AI is smart enough to do, basically to do the things that you want them to do, right? Um, Because otherwise it's just frustrating. So one solution around that, um, instead of having good AI, is giving you some sort of physical embodiment, like a robot, where you can just do what you said and you're like, all right, you colonists, you guys are stupid. Let me pick up this box for you because you guys are too dumb to handle it. Um, And then the other solution would be, at times, giving the colonists direct control. So you click on a colonist and then you click on a box and then he'll prioritize that right now and do it.
3: Right, because like RimWorld does that where yeah. you deputize them and then you have direct control, which is kind of cheaty, though, because right. if I deputize them, then I'm playing an RTS for a little Right,
2: bit. and that's why we're kind of, you know, leaning away from it, because it sort of ruins, I, th- I think it sort of ruins the experience.
4: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, I, it's just kind of like thinking
3: like, well, in Dungeon Keeper, you had that hand. Yeah. Right. So you could like slap your minions and stuff. Yeah, that's it. You need a robot hand, and you can just like slap people. That's all you can do.
2: <laughs> it should literally just, be a hand. Just, just like a big, <laughs> yeah, big car- cartoon <laughs> glove on like a spring. Pow! A little wall opens up and slaps them.
0: No, you'll you'll be the starmancer but you will also have uh, a little like a hand on wheels that you can move around the <laughs> station, and you make it go over there and slap this person. <laughs> all the colonists are like, "Oh no, he's coming." <laughs>
1: Hell or right. maybe just say, have the <laughs> hand attached to a floating drone. <laughs> As you move the cursor around, the drone follows it. And hey, then, if you want to slap somebody, then
2: just like, imagine the col- they're eating breakfast. They're like,
0: "Don't look at it! Don't look at it! <laughs> do not make eye contact now, with the right. hand. Do not, do not address the hand directly." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know
3: what would actually work for, for scaring the shit out of your colonists, right? Would would be like if you if you are in a room then the security camera, it's like Hal, right? Where it okay. gets the, the light lights red on the camera so they know you're watching. And then, and then everybody's like,
1: look busy.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> so maybe that can actually affect their morale.
2: That would be and, interesting. And
1: maybe in a positive way, too, depending right. on how you interact with them.
2: Like, yeah, you c- like, oh, the Starmancer's
0: taking notice of me. And you can Semper pet them. them. <laughs> notice- <laughs> just slapping. <laughs> it's petting as well. Like, oh, good good colonist. Good good boy. Pat him on the head. Oh, that puts up their <laughs>
2: Hit a button, dispense triple. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> You've them rewarded. Oh, you get thirteen God. starmancer points. You can redeem them in the starmancer shop.
0: So, so it sounds like gameplay. I, I'm not. I don't have a full handle on how the actual game plays out. So, you start with you and your ark ship, and you build this station around your starmancer to serve your colonists. But what can you do to improve their lives besides building things? Like, do you send them on missions? Um, do they interact with others like stations? Do you do trade? Like what kind of search? Yeah. Like what kind of gamey elements are in there?
2: Right. So, um, for, for going outside the station and doing things like getting resources and just, you know, checking out like the world beyond your station, uh, we have missions. And so you put your, your colonists in a bunch of ships, you give them a destination and a thing to do. They go out. And then they come back with, you know, the rewards if they succeeded. So it's sort of similar to jobs in The Sims where they're rabbit yeah. hole style encounters. You know, they get in, they fly away. You don't get to see what they do um, because that would just be unrealistic for us to make like all these crazy, interesting looking places.
3: Well, yeah, um, yeah. Another good uh, reference for that is if you've ever played the MMO Star Trek online, yeah. they let you do that with your crew as well. So So it's like, well, I have extra crew. You know it's like I might have six people, but I only got three chairs on the seat. so what or on the ship. So what do I do with these other three people? And it's like, oh, yeah, there's missions like on a on a quest list, and I can send them off to to do that. Yeah,
1: way missions. basically.
3: yeah. but it's basically like, get out of my sight, go do the go do a thing, come back in a couple of days.
2: Yeah, and then in terms of research, uh, we have research planned. It's not implemented right now, um, but our idea is that over time, you can unlock uh, basically higher. Well, it's research, right? So you unlock higher, higher tier things. Um, you know, objects that might improve morale, objects that might have higher, like a generator that has more efficiency. You know, just the basic sort of research stuff.
3: So I, I thought about that.
2: Um, are you going to have to have
3: scientists to do it, and like maybe the scientists are of a certain level to be able to research a certain level thing? Because my thought there is like if you're in competition with the other arcs, maybe they got a scientist that you want to poach.
2: Yeah, we'll have some sort of job that's you know specifically um, for research, and uh, then our colonists have a skill system too. So you know they have it's just it's skills. I don't really need to explain what skills are, right? Yeah. Um, but they have skills, and so the higher tier ones are better at them. Um, but it, so, is there
3: is there like competition for population between the arcs? Like, if you build a really nice place, like, are
2: people going to leave there and immigrate to you? Um, something like that is planned with immigration. Yeah, but the the contrast probably won't be true where like your people get poached. Instead, it'll be that you can sort of poach some other people. But really, uh-huh. it'll simply be that, you know, the the nicer, sort of, I guess, the higher that your average morale is, the more likely that you'll get immigrants to just come to your station.
3: Okay, because I'd heard you, I listened to a couple other interviews that you've done, you know, in the in past months. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd made some reference to like the story generator-ness of Dwarf Fortress and also Space Station 13, which is dearly loved around here. Uh hopefully you will have like random chance of getting a clown aboard your station, please. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, as far as like the, the story generation and the NPCs that come on and, and stuff like that, are are you going to do it sort of in a space station 13-y way? Like, like these NPCs, they have a job when they show up. Like this guy's a janitor, so now I got a janitor and that's what he does. So if there's a spill or something, he'll come running. Yeah, so it's it's basically like actual NPC versions of the population of like a space station thirteen game kind of thing.
2: So when the people show up, when the immigrants or whomever, when you get them, they'll have an assigned job and then they'll have some skills, and you know, ideally their skills would correspond with their job. But then, of course, you know, you could change your job if you if you wanted mm-hmm. to. Um, but the idea, more so, is that you know they show up and you get a doctor or a janitor, and you think, wow, I never had a, a, a janitor or a doctor. What can I do with this? You know yeah
3: so the longer that you have them as a janitor, and the happier you keep them like the better janitor they get, right, like their yeah. skills level,
2: okay I don't know what a janitor skill would do, but I guess like a quicker or something whatever <laughs> yeah. that means cleaner i guess a non um, non slip floor yeah exactly they, they
3: they don't leave uh <laughs> oh God some stories,
2: <laughs>
3: not told <laughs> people as the janitor before. But,
2: it's so frustrating, by the way, when you're like, I swear to God, I mixed 50 ammonia in this water. Why are people still slipping on it? Anyway. And they're like, get space cleaner, janitor. And you're like, I, I thought I did. Yeah, it's when the,
3: when the guy's running from security, <laughs> I'm mopping up the last guy that got killed. And then he slips on the water and slides <laughs> oh, into the airlock. Oh my God, and those people
2: came, him. <laughs> who never put on walk. And they'll slip, and you'll pick them up, and they'll slip, and you pick them up, and they'll slip, and you pick them up. And you're like, why? Just put on walk. You've slipped three times and I keep picking you up by the kindness of my janitor heart. And then I got to take the thing out of my hand to pick you up. So I don't slap you in the face. Anyway, doesn't yeah. matter. No, he was,
3: he was running from the cops and then slipped, <laughs> and the cops murdered him. So yeah, hero janitor, like, yep, <laughs> I got a medal or something. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So I, can you do stuff like, uh, like actually give the NPCs missions in there that, maybe you don't even know about, like, hey, that guy's a spy, but I have to discover this?
2: (laughs) So um, we really love the uh, antagonist system in Space Station 13. So, like, right now it's not implemented, but we absolutely want to do this thing uh, where some of your colonists are sort of devious in some way. Mm. And what we particularly want is for the player to not 100% know who the bad people are, so you're a little suspicious of your colonists, Mm. because our ideal scenario is one in which you... (laughs) <laughs> you kill the wrong guy thinking he was guilty and then the thing you know then the thing keeps happening like the the you know the malfunctions or something keep popping oh, up yeah. and, oh i've killed the, i spaced the wrong guy so it's, it's like single player werewolf in
0: space the executions will Town continue the executions will continue until morale improves <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> well the average morale might improve depending on who you kill that is so, true yeah yeah Just we have a- the least popular guy and everyone's
0: We do have a question from uh, the chat, actually. Um, How will the save system be in this game?
2: So we're really torn. I mean, um, I really like save systems where it's just save and quit and you can't save and continue. I I don't know if we'll do that. But to me, like a game like Mountain Blade, it's so much fun because I always turn on save and quit because then everything's permanent. You can't just save and then go do this risky thing and then reload if, you know, if, if it doesn't work out for you. Like, there's so much more, like, permanent, right? When you can't save and then reload later.
1: And the, chan- the choices you make matter.
2: Yeah, they because matter, exactly. When someone can't. dies, you're upset. You're like, oh my god, he's gone forever.
0: Yeah, and with, like, the ga- and with a game like this, it kind of makes more sense to do this kind of uh, save and quit style thing, since you are really taking the user to task for the choices they make.
3: Yeah. Well, the, that new uh, Kingdom uh-
0: Kingdom game, Come Deliverance, out,
3: came, yeah, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, they have an interesting save system. So it's basically you—you you have to have—they uh, call it Savior Schnapps, right? So you need booze in your inventory, and you have to—and you basically chug this potion, uh, which will get you drunk, right? But it also lets you save the game. And they're ridiculously expensive. Like I'm hours into that game, and I don't have.
1: You can brew them, by the way.
3: Okay, because I was going to say like buying them is prohibitive because I've never seen that much money in that yeah. game.
1: Oh, I have. But uh, yeah, you can brew them. And the other thing is you can save at a, a bed when you sleep. Mm-hmm. So there is that option too.
3: Right. But it, but the thing that's nice is like whenever you got to like pick a lock or something, it's not like Skyrim where it's like, okay, I'm going to save and then I can just pick this lock as many times as I right. want. You know? I have one lock pick. So
2: here we go. Time to save. And go.
3: Yep. They absolutely do that to you too. You get one lock pick. So you better, yeah. better get that lock <laughs> like in the tutorial part in the beginning. That sounds
2: yeah, I mean, stressful. That the, the game experience is so much better when you, when you have to save and quit, and you can't save and continue and reload. I just think anyway, it's just so much. It's more and more immersive.
0: I pre- I prefer that over like some kind of weird checkpoint system or something. Yeah. Like, because I have limited time to play games, so I'd rather like, oh, I gotta go eat dinner now. I will save and quit rather than like I'm not at the right checkpoint yet.
2: Yeah, we won't have checkpoints.
0: Thank God. Yeah, no, a game like this it doesn't make sense, but um. Like, like, maybe the only alternative I can think of is some kind of timed autosave.
3: Yeah. You know? like Yeah, but I, no, I like the save and quit, because it's like, oh, dinner's done, gotta go. And then it's not like, hold on a minute, Mom, I gotta run and find a bed, you know? <laughs> well, well,
1: granted, <laughs> yeah. if the game crashes, you might...
0: Right. Progress. That's that's what I was so thinking of. Yeah. Also so a timed you, autosave type thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I was thinking, yeah, something along the lines of it saves every 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we'd have or, autosave. Or
1: you do a save and quit. Then, then it'll manually save. But otherwise, you're, you're stuck with the choices you've made. Uh, the, the other thing I was thinking is, well, maybe someone wants a little bit more of a casual mode where they can save whenever they want, but they get no achievements for that. Uh, the Achievements are completely disabled in, in that mode. Mm-hmm. Or it's just a sandbox where they, they don't have any of the pressure, but of course, they don't get the, well, the accomplishment, so to speak.
2: Yeah, uh, We could we could do what Mountain up. Blade does, where when you start a game, you have to pick, do I want this to be save and quit forever, or do I want it to be save and continue? Um, yeah, because right. The, that the way,
1: Iron Man question. Yeah. That way when you start, you're That's usually a good like, idea. I'll
2: save and quit. I'm pretty hardcore. And then you can't, like, later on be like, oh, I really wish I could save and continue right yeah. now.
1: Yeah, it makes total
0: sense. No, I like that. Um, so so, so go, ahead, go ahead, Jim.
3: Oh, I was just thinking, like... Uh, the darkest dungeon you could you could kind of steal their psychosis system like if your colonists get crazy you know the 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 more stress that they get put under it's like normal bob now now sees things and uh this guy is like afraid of the dark and you know
0: yeah i can only guess that kind of
3: leave lasting scars
0: yeah i can only guess that kind of thing will happen you'll have space madness you'll have psychosis you'll have
3: oh in fact space madness. That's what I would call it, the space madness meter. And, and
0: as it, <laughs> it increments he?
3: too much... Will he push I, the jolly,
0: candy-like button? <laughs>
3: that gives you a reason to have, like, your space brothel and your space church and all those things to give them somewhere to go de-stress before they explode.
0: That is a good... That, that uh, brings up a question, though. Will there be things like brothels and churches and things like that where where the uh, people can unwind... For example, I don't know about
2: um churches, but we prepared. have you know bars bars planned alcohol planned um both because having a space you know tavern is cool um and also just because it's, it's very cool it's an easy way to sort of unwind your colonists. I want a game called Space Tavern now <laughs> we'll well, the, progress was
0: wasn't there that adventure game based on the book series? oh God, I can't remember now it was, it was some kind of space bar, but <laughs> space bar. <laughs>
3: But it was interstellar it, truck stop that's my new
0: game, but it was something like there was a series that there was a not – there was like books, and they made an adventure game out of it No, i can 't I have to look it up um, what was i saying so um so how how do you interact with the other space stations uh in the system besides like i mean will there be trade, will there be diplomacy? So there's,
2: um, there's trade. The way trade works is trading ships just randomly show up occasionally. Um, and when they do, they have their, you know, they have their inventory on board and you, you basically you take it or leave it. Then um, we have a credit system just because that's, um, we're fans of capitalism, I guess. Um, and so everything has this inherent value to it. And then I think, I should know this, but I'm pretty sure that every trader, they value things differently just, just on the specific, for the specific faction. Um so anyway, so you can barter with them or you can just buy and straight up credits or sell and straight up credits. Um and then there's also a diplomacy system where factions uh they like you. I think it's on the range negative 100 to positive one hundred. Um and if you do missions, which are essentially quests for them and they and they succeed, they'll like you more. If they like you more, um you get to trade with them at a slightly better rate and, and that sort of thing.
0: Now when you have quests, um do you send your people to do them and then that happens off screen? Or do you have some kind of direct control over the missions and quests that occur that you're given?
2: No. So, um, so a mission will pop up and it'll say something like, um, "Help us, you are asteroid miners" or something like that. Um, and so, you select a mission, and this is implemented right now. So, you select a mission, um, you select how many ships you want to go on, and it'll have a minimum amount of uh, crew that needs needs to go on, and a minimum amount of resources and that sort of thing. Um, And so you select the ships, you can select more ships if you want, you can send out as much crew as you want over the minimum, which would sort of help guarantee that it succeeds. I mean, of course, I can't guarantee that it succeeds, but it helps. Um, And then they go out and you don't have really any control over that point. Um, And then they come back and hopefully they succeeded.
0: Oh, okay. So it, it, so yeah, it's, you're, 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 you're throwing resources at the problem, but you're not directly solving the problem. Right. Okay, that kind of makes sense. So you're always in the station, basically. Yeah,
3: yeah. So that that brings up a thing, like with uh, with Dwarf Fortress, right? You, you know, strike the Earth, right? So in this game, as several other space stationy games, where it's just like, well, you're floating in space, you're not attached to anything, so there there's no resource pool there, right? And it, and it's not it's not like you're on an asteroid where you dig into it and find things or or whatever. So how how does that work out, or have you considered maybe uh, attaching the space station to uh, an asteroid or something? That way you can kind of dungeon it in there.
2: So how does it work out in terms of expanding the station, or how does it work out? Well, like where do you get resources from? Yeah, so so the missions are are sort of two part. They're both quests, and then you can create your own missions. And the missions are essentially any time where you just send your colonists out on on ships, Um, and you can create your own missions. The types are what I think mining, scavenging exploring and diplomatic um so you know you could if you need some ore you create a mining mission um and then you send out however many people you want to go mine and you actually pick the physical location you know the asteroid the the moon the planet or whatever um and then you send your people out and then they come back with the raw resources because otherwise you're in the middle of space right where would you find those resources yeah so do you do you have uh like an opportunity
3: to survey like Dwarf Fortress, you know, you, you get to scrub around the map and look like, okay, I'm going to put my colony here because of resources or whatever, you know, I want to be in a certain place. Do you get a choice like that? Or you're just like out in the open and it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. Our plan is um, for, for the launch or for release anyway, is that you'll have some control over starting. Um, and then you'll, you'll be able to see sort of what planets are nearby, maybe how close you are to the sun and, and that sort of thing. So you can sort of see, um, Basically, you can choose, okay, am I going to have a lot of resources? Am I going to have a high frequency of pirate attacks? You know, that that sort of thing.
4: Yeah.
2: And do you have, like, uh, like aliens out there as well that,
3: I, I don't know, like, can you build a market and then you start getting visitors and then you turn into, like, Babylon 5 at some point where, you, you know, you have to deal with, like, a bunch of aliens that maybe don't like each other and, you know, your colonists may or may not like them or whatever.
2: So our short-term plan for aliens is that aliens will sort of be... Um, kind of like mysterious and a little spooky mm. maybe instead of the uh, I guess Futurama style aliens or Star right. Trek style aliens so we want, we want aliens to be alien like a cos- like a cosmic event sort of sort of yeah. feeling you know uh, where maybe they abduct your colonists or maybe they, they have this thing where they're like hey give us some colonists and we'll you know we'll upgrade your reactor for you
0: so what kind yeah, of
4: like- oh sorry god no that's fine I was just kind of agreeing with that
0: sure I was just wondering, so, I mean, you have missions that can affect, like, what resources you have on the station. But what kind of things can go wrong on the station besides, like, the usual mechanical problems? Can there be, like – I don't know. Can there be space madness? Can there be the kind of weird Star Trekified psychosis stuff that happens – you know, like, what, what, what,
1: what go- diseases?
0: Yeah, exactly. What, what can happen? What, what are some of the, like, give me some examples of what can go wrong on your station. Yeah, sure.
2: so- right. So besides the obvious, like your life support failing and everybody dying. Right. Um, what we have planned are things like, um, a sort of space. I can't say this word very well. Space plague. I also can't say bagel correctly, by the way, but that hmm. doesn't matter. Uh, bagel, bagel with yeah, cream cheese.
3: Bagel space sounds fine. aren't
2: as intimidating those. Space bagels. Like-
0: if you have space bagels, you have to have space schmear. Basic, clearly, that, that's course
2: of course a requirement. Yeah. So we'll have cows, obviously. Oh, good, so can good. Get butter for your for your bagels, absolutely, dude. Oh. dude absolutely. If, if
3: you have cows with little space helmet bubbles <laughs> on, and then they're just
2: like tethered outside the station.
4: Tethered.
2: Just um, come then, come here. I'm a fountain of stupid. And then in addition to butter, we'll have Amish people that'll make your butter for you. Um, space
0: Amish. Oh yeah, my god, seems, Space Amish. That seems they're really
2: torn <laughs> morally. They're like, we don't support technology, but. We're on a space station, so.
0: Well, I mean, how did the arcs get to where they are? Were they fl- if I were they fleeing a dying Earth? Like, what is the backstory that brings the arcs yeah, to so, where they are? So the
2: Backstory are? Is just this absolute trope of you know something bad happened on Earth and they had you know and people had to flee Earth, Um, and so the 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 story anyway is that instead of physically loading all these bodies, they just uploaded all their consciousnesses um, into these ARC ships and they just sent them out. Um, And then when you land, you grow new bodies in, in tubes and biotanks, and you actually upload uh, their consciousness into this new body. So you bas- you resleeve them. Uh I know what you've been watching on Netflix.
3: <laughs> What's that? God, what? I love that What's show called what is Altered
2: it? Carbon. Yeah. So it's all. Yeah. I actually just watched Altered Carbon. I'm like, no, our idea. <laughs> like, well, that, oh, but that that's
3: interesting, though, because now if you have resources, you can start mass producing colonists. You just stamp yeah. them out.
2: Like so, so our kernel. our idea is that when your whole colony dies, um, it's not game over. So if you spend all this time making this really elaborate station and then everybody dies, ordinarily in you know in games like this, uh, that's it. And your colony's gone and your station's gone. But now all you do is you clean up the dead bodies, grow a new batch of colonists, and they never have to know what happened to the first group.
0: What that's great.
3: But, you know, it would be interesting too if you if you had to pay to save individual colonists, like you know, they have they have to dock and upload. And that way, if they if they do get killed and they haven't they haven't saved their clone lately, I'm playing Eve right now. Guess what? Um, <laughs> but if they if they haven't like saved their clone state, then they lose the skills since the last time that they did.
2: Yeah, we're, we're um, we absolutely want to do that. Where you basically well, it had to be some sort you know, sort of expensive or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but where you can save certain colonists. you are like, hey, I like you. You're important to me. I'm going to make like, a backup. I'm going to make a backup of you, essentially. Yeah.
0: That that's kind of amazing and kind of creepy.
3: (laughs) Well, that that and like if you if you like double sleeve somebody, you can risk it, but they might be crazy.
2: Yeah, and so in terms of what goes wrong, we we want to play with the idea of um sort of body dysmorphia. Is that the right term or something? So basically, when you get re sleeved into a new body, there's a sort of uh you know set of uh, a set period of time where the the mind is sort of not useful because disconnected from right, not used to being in their this weird body.
0: So is it going to be like multiplicity where you make a copy of a copy of a copy and the copies start getting dumber and and dumber? Yeah, it's
3: like a VHS tape?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it going to be like like will your clones? If you make too many clones, will they start having genetic problems? Will they start like wasn't there a Star Trek episode where the clones were dying because they cloned themselves too many times and they st- like their
1: DNA? Yeah, they out the genetic.
0: Yeah, exactly. Line. Is is that going to be like something that could happen or is that like too much? Too much detail.
2: <laughs> so that might be too much. It's actually an interesting idea. It would it would be nice if essentially every time someone is cloned, there's just a chance of something weird happening. I,
0: yeah, the best thing would be if I love a that. Of
2: essentially going crazy. Oh,
0: that'd, that'd be, be fun best. too. That'd be fun too. Yeah. Cool story. Or
3: they, or they just they pick up like one random personality trait every <laughs> time, and you don't know what it's. Or going
0: every to. other time, you know, like make it really like. Well, yeah. Well, make the, it a chance for yeah. One trait to be, up but exactly
1: but I was thinking more along the lines of well you can clone them but then they lose some of the experience that they had as a as uh, a an alternative and then as a game more experience and you clone them again then you don't lose as much because that that's that second or third or fifth, ha, ha, however they may be, has already gained some experience by the time that the cloning process happens again. And so they're not losing as much. They can sort of build on from there. So the longer the line survives, well, the better the descendants will be, if you want to put it in those terms.
2: Also, wouldn't it be so creepy if there was just a colonist talking to himself in his bedroom after he had been cloned and you're like, uh oh.
0: Uh oh. Yeah. Like
2: that's going to happen. I better lock that door.
0: Now, can you make a moon situation where it's just one colonist and a robot? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, if you wanted to. So we really <laughs> want to encourage players to just do, you know, to, to roleplay as this weird AI doing whatever it is that they want to do.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah, you know, like, if you wanted to kill colonists off, oh, this would be a very interesting mechanic. So, So they could have, like, a trust level, right, that is amongst the colonists. So maybe some people just by default don't trust the ai but other people are like dude the ai is you know flawless whatever and as long as you actually keep up with things they trust you but if you start letting things go to shit or if you get caught killing somebody so you might have to be creative about how you allow failures to off people that you don't like
2: yeah that's really interesting so basically making it look like an accident
3: Yeah. So basically, you, yeah, you have to engineer accidents for your people because you can't just like space them
2: out the airlock,
3: you know, and let everybody know that you did it.
2: Right. So basically, uh, so, so, so mechanically it would have to be something like there's a cause of death and a colonist find, discovers a dead colonist. And if the cause of death is something like, I don't know, asphyxiation, perhaps that's your fault because of the Okay, well, the AI didn't allow something, you know, th- didn't allow this to um, didn't have the life support functioning. <laughs> but if instead you poison them. Mm-hmm. You know, you poison their food or something. Then the cause of death could potentially be unknown or just you know just random death. Or you yeah. give them a heart attack or something like that. And an industrial reason. accidents. Right.
0: Yeah. Could I create recreate the classic Sean Connery movie Outland with your game? <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: I'm yes, so I'll kidding. say it now. You absolutely can.
0: <laughs> absolutely, Sean. that's fucking great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I actually did want to uh, change change tackle a little bit and ask you about your Kickstarter. Yeah, because uh, your Kickstarter is already funded. We said that, and that's awesome. But did what did you – I'm curious. I'm always curious about how Kickstarters are run, how they go. Mm-hmm. Did you look at uh, – because I've rarely seen a Kickstarter, especially for a space game, funded as quickly as yours. So did you guys look at other campaigns and see what they did right, what they did wrong? Like how did you prepare – Uh, for
2: your a massive list of spreadsheet a massive spreadsheet of like hundreds of kickstarters that i just looked at and i looked at things like their average donations all their sort of rewards and sort of how they were you know structured so i looked at some kickstarters that made a lot of money and the kickstarters that didn't make that much money sort of to see i guess what people like um and i guess my idea is that people don't read anything really (laughs) Oh
0: no! Right? Like what people, you're you probably you're probably not wrong. You're not. I don't think you're wrong. Oh no!
2: You you skim the page, and that's that's it. You're not reading anything. If you put something important in a paragraph, you can expect it not to be read. um And so the way we design our Kickstarter is is that's basically spoken like a true
3: jaded game reviewer. You're <laughs> yeah. you're in good company here. So basically... What's the score?
0: So you, yeah, you, have a, you have a lot of images. That's true on your Kickstarter campaign. You have a lot of header images. You have a lot of representative images, yeah. gifs of the game. Is that one thing you did to kind of keep users scrolling down the page?
2: Yeah, we designed it so that basically if you just scrolled it, you'd have some idea of why you should be excited about the game. Um, and a lot of people will essentially sort of look at the images and maybe, read some, maybe they'll read the big text Maybe they'll read the bolded things, but probably they won't read any of the smaller text. Um, And so, like, for instance, we have some biotanks. So we had, you know, we we chose the images so that if someone just saw this image of a biotank, they'd think, huh, that's cool. I can, apparently there's people in tanks. I don't know what it is, but it looks interesting. I like the idea of it. Um, And then we let their imagination sort of take hold because whatever players imagine is always better than what you can possibly say anyway.
0: Mm. Okay. And
1: they have to sort of fill in the... The blanks, right? Even if there then, aren't blanks, they then you slip in,
2: Right? You slip in some subliminal messaging. That's what we should have mm-hmm. done. Like every, like one frame in every single. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, why, why oh, is there a naked woman in this? Obey,
0: thing? just obey. Every, every yeah, other. Yeah, on some, like, on some slow Turn the
2: sideways. He like, <laughs> just sees like a big penis for a frame.
0: Put the sunglasses gonna, on, gonna, and, gonna, and, gonna, and gonna, suddenly. Kentucky fried chicken. Put the sunglasses on, and suddenly you could see just a big dick. That's all you see. <laughs>
3: no, that's that's genital jousting space edition. will oh, be the,
0: Sorry, I got a little. I don't know why there. you guys
1: don't like that game. Um,
0: um there are many reasons. But anyway, I mean, anyway, you do
1: not need to go into right now. Yes, right? We'll, or ever.
0: But um, no, I I'm mean, I of
2: how it makes me feel. <laughs> <I play> <laughs> it's art.
0: Good answer. Good. I don't like how it makes me feel inside. Uh, very good answer. No, because I, I was I was looking at your Kickstarter today, and uh, I was noticing how concise it was. Because I'm a I'm a big Kickstarter backer. I love Kickstarters. I back a ton of them, and I I've seen every type from lots of text to little text to just a couple of videos, and I. There doesn't always seem to be... Did you find any pattern as to what's successful? Because you did mention a few things like people don't read it's, and whatnot. But did you find... Because yes. I have not it, been able to really find a pattern. Right. It's really
2: weird because success or failure for any particular Kickstarter could be so many different reasons. I mean, maybe, maybe for instance, every, maybe the game looks awesome and the page is just weird. Or maybe um, the game sort of sucks, but it sort of came at a time when people were really hyped for the style of game, right? And so there's almost no... There's like no pattern. To what, to what makes it, hey, what, what works and what doesn't, which is really difficult when you're designing a Kickstarter. Yeah, I'm sure. And even when you're looking back, you're like, what made this Kickstarter, what made our Kickstarter good or not? You have no idea.
1: There, there's just too many intangibles. There are so right. many, right.
0: yeah. I, there are so many variables. And I've just... So many external factors. And I actually work in marketing. I work in internet marketing. So I've tried to go through Kickstarters to figure this out. And I still can't. It's like
1: because there isn't a magic formula.
0: There really isn't. It's like
1: there is not because it, it doesn't exist.
0: It really isn't. Like you I can't thought, control
1: all those variables.
0: Like when I first started looking, I'm like, make an update every day. It's like, nope, that isn't always the thing. Or have a great intro video. Nope, that isn't always the thing. It's like there isn't a thing.
3: the when to shut up and stop promising
2: features before people quit believing.
0: Oh God, let's just. Feature creep is a big factor.
2: We're quite the believers in in that and just we we don't promise anything because it's just so, I don't know, pe- people can smell through your, um, I don't know, can I swear on this? doesn't matter. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Just can, like just, they can detect your bullshit so mm-hmm. quick, right? Mm-hmm. You start promising the world. Like you're like, hey, if we get $100,000, we're going to have real-time multiplayer. Like, no, you're not. Shut up. And they know you're not. And now they don't believe anything you say and they don't trust you. Two quintillion planets, all different. <laughs> procedural world first of all over a billion planets are going to be in this game are you hearing me right now okay factions completely dynamic the quest system completely procedural based off your name and the things you do in the game what thousand dollars
3: it's paid by the word ladies and gentlemen paid by the word yeah our funding is procedural as well
2: <laughs> everything's for, just say the
3: word procedural that's like yeah. everyone's favorite word just say procedural we're gonna make this game for a random
2: amount of money and <laughs> could be a lot could be a little rolling the dice it's just like going to the casino it's fun <laughs>
0: Can you make your station a casino if you wanted to? Will you be able that to do that? That
2: would be it? really cool. One day,
3: hopefully, that would be or awesome. Did, there could be totally random, yeah. like Tharsis, where if you actually run out of funding, uh, you have to eat the other developer.
4: Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to come to America.
0: <laughs> oh, your game, I believe your game does have cannibalism. Am I remembering that correctly?
2: You are not remembering that correctly, but we would like that. Oh, okay. It actually does have cannibalism indirectly. So. What you can do is, um, you can make nutrition bricks out of biomass. So- oh no, make biomass! Yeah, soil and green. And you can make biomass out of people. So yeah, you can. Oh. yeah, I was picturing like zombie style cannibalism, where like people just start ripping each other apart, eating. No,
3: everything. no, no. Wait, whoa! This is creepy because <laughs>
0: that's so technically creepy. It's you so could creepy. get
3: killed, turned into soilant green. And then reborn into a new clone, and then and eat yourself. Eat yourself. Oh. oh, a weird space
2: fetish.
0: Oh, 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 mm. gee, yeah, that'd be a thing. What if they have a? What if someone yeah. develops a fetish like a, <laughs> a creepy a creepy need for that biomass? Just imagine like, that for oh, like your are oh,
2: role, oh, role playing the AI and oh, you do god. Do a million gyms, oh, oh, one oh, living oh. gym, and the other gyms are just feeding. Them.
3: Oh, They'll god! Be like, oh, not gym again.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> so funny.
0: Can we get some I barbecue? Kind of a, uh, Last kind of night, a South Park. Can we at least get some barbecue candy, sauce candy. on this gym? <laughs> some mayonnaise, something. Kay. Add a little flavor to this gym. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh no! I love that idea though. That's so creepy. Yeah,
2: it's so creepy. Just
0: it's so you, creepy. You have, you have, like this
2: locked door, and the real the one gym is always like, well, how come that door is always locked? I can never go in it. And just, <laughs> behind it, there's just row after row. <laughs>
0: Now speaking it's like of, I just gym. I just had a thought. Like you're the AI of a station, but like can the can the then the people like turn off the sensors in a room so you can't see what they're doing? So like you have that locked door and the other gyms can't go in, but you can't see what's going on in there either. Could that yeah, happen? That,
4: that
3: would be interesting because you said you already have some devious people. That yeah. Might show up, right. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, um, an important thing to us is this idea of uh, colonists being able to mutiny and physically trying to destroy you instead oh. of like, so instead of you just you know, dying to things like pirates, we want if your colonists, um, if their morale is too low, we want them to physically try and destroy you. And yeah, part of what we have planned is fog of war um, where they'll essentially just dest- I guess the, the story would be that they're destroying sensors or something, you know, in the specific room. Um, and then you you don't have too good of idea of what's happening in there. Yeah,
0: because I remember there was this. I'm going to mention Star Trek again, but there were like there's this one Star Trek where episode where this uh, guy becomes the computer, and they basically turn off all the sensors in the room so they can talk about him without him hearing them. You know, so that's where I got that idea. So that would and be also
3: like, uh Homeworld. right? Because I, I forget what I her hope. name was. She had to become the AI on the mothership. That's well, why the mothership actually talks to you during the thing because that's oh. actually the person who got fused into it. Mm. The homeworld Starman. But
0: that would be like really creepy. Like you're building the station, all of a sudden one of your rooms that you know you built goes dark, and you're like, "What's going on there?"
2: <laughs> It'd also be epic if you had some sort of robot death squad that you could like basically. So you see them, and they're like welding, or they're um opening up the door, and then all the, and then all of a sudden the fog of wars is opened up, and you have all these colonists inside that maybe are armed or something. And then you watch your death squad, um, death squad them.
3: Yeah, you need a big red button in the corner that's got like <laughs> a glass flip up panel <laughs> on it. So you, you click it once and the thing flips up, and then you click the button for robot death squad that is actually labeled that. And uh, <sighs> now that would be I like w- an awesome thing that you could research, though. Some sort of well, yeah, but the well, and that would be like part of the distrust system, right? Yeah. It's like the colonists that you might not have made them angry, but if they find out that you are doing some shit like building a robot death squad. Um, may, maybe like the happiness stays high, but the trust level goes immediately to shit. Yes. Like, what is this AI
2: yeah. doing? Speaking of trust, too, we have this rumor system, and uh, I talk about it a lot because I think it's kind of interesting. Um, but the short version is that colonists will actually talk about um the things that they that they experience. So anything that's a morale modifier is is stored as a memory. Um, and when colonists are talking, sometimes they talk about random so- something, and it's nothing. But then occasionally they'll talk about you know their memories. Um, and they'll spread that throughout the station, and other people will get morale modifiers. So if you, for instance, wanted to kill somebody and there was a witness um, in this game and you, and you didn't want anybody to find out, you would just also kill the witness or lock him and prevent him from talking to other people.
1: Mm. Or send them on an away mission, which yeah. the rate of survival is <laughs> very percent very yeah. yeah.
2: Or, now, or look, at, look at this pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now and if... um. Be, Because what we want is for like maybe, um, you know, some part of your stations to sort of be this um, sort of like low class or something, maybe where you can treat those guys sort of badly. And then you have this other area that's maybe your more important people and you can treat them really good. And you don't want your high class people to know about the terrible things that are happening, because if they did, they would revolt against you. Yeah, but but your uh, your low class people need like some illusion of
3: social mobility. Right. So you have to let some of them up or they would get. Yeah.
0: I'm looking for It's, I'm lo- it's third world Sorry.
3: politics in space
0: I'm looking at the ideas you have uh, For things to improve upon the game Once it's released like creative mode, relationships Better better diseases I gotta say that's yes. not two words You usually want to hear together But better diseases um,
2: If you work for the CDC
0: <laughs> But I really like the idea Of a destination station Convert your station into a Spaceport I really like that idea
2: yeah something that we want to do is uh we want to give you ways of making uh income and just sort of having it's it's interesting to have strangers show up on your station i think um and tell a story and, and they do their stranger things whatever <laughs> not stranger things but they do their weird things that happen um and then they they sort of leave and it tells a nice story
0: so you can so like can you make kind of like a dspace nine if you wanted to like so
2: that, that would be like the long-term plan yeah if you
0: wanted mm. to What's well, also
2: interesting, you get that rumor
3: system, right? So if you have visitors from the outside come in, yeah, and they could they could tell their stories. That
4: and actually is really, really interesting. disturb or
2: yeah. entertain your people. Yeah, they have to tell them about like this food shortage somewhere, or a war or something like that, or tell them about how life is so much better outside.
0: Yeah,
2: it is interesting.
0: <laughs> now, can you have multi level stations, or is it just one level right now?
2: So we have Z um, multiple Z floors planned. A really long time ago, we had it implemented, and I guess it's still technically implemented. Um, So, so we have it planned. You know, an issue with it is is the UI, and also, you know, another issue is when you have multiple floors, it's not easy at a glance to tell what's happening everywhere. Um, So, there's some minor issues like that. But my mentality is sort of like it's up to the player. If the player accepts responsibility for the fact that they can't see everything all the time, then they can build multiple floors.
3: So yeah, like you were talking about segregating like your your blue collar yeah. area from your white collar area, and then like the the outcast people, right? So because I'm I'm sure you're going to get some bums that you just want to get rid of, you know, that are non productive yeah. people or, or whatever, right? So they're going to sink out into the space trailer courts, and uh, but with that stuff, like are, are you going to do something graphical with that, like the you know like the the crappier parts of the station start to look crappier or you know like there's exposed pipes and stuff here but yeah
2: so we have we have this idea that um in their free time low morale colonists will basically wreck the place up and that's actually why victor created all this graffiti so basically victor will get an idea and he'll be like graffiti would be really cool and then he'll snake make like a bunch of really cool looking graffiti but for instance graffiti is, is one of our ideas for that um and so that um, it's feedback to the player and it also tells the story. It's interesting. So if you see an area of the colony that has a lot of graffiti and a lot of sort of dirt and grime, you'll know that, oh, that's where like the low, the low morale, the unhappy colonists are sort of congregating.
0: Mm. Uh, okay, that's pretty so cool. the cause...
1: converse would be like you get murals. Right. In, nice things. In, uh, yeah. And then that would be stuff that the colonists create. And it just happens.
2: Yeah, and it's mo- mechanically it's interesting because it's feedback to the player where they, they essentially get a litmus test of sort of the station. So they know where their trouble areas are and they know where the good areas are. Well, yeah,
3: you know, actually in, instead of the, instead of the, uh, onus being on the player to beautify the environment and stuff like idle colonists, like the, the low end people are going to destroy stuff if they're idle. So you got to keep them busy. But then the upper end people, when they're, when they're idle, they kind of would tend to beautify stuff. Like they're going to make art or whatever. And, and, you know decorate their stuff um yeah i mean i i can see that going on rather rather than like task the player with like i, I have to put a potted plant in every so many squares right. and, to keep and, people and happy the,
2: the nice thing about it too is it makes you sort of more attached to your individual station because it just happened like if you wanted to you couldn't replicate you couldn't put that exact same potted plant in every single room right um and so it's sort of interesting because then it's like your station is unique to you and you alone
1: and, and so these decorations would be things that the colonists yes. create or, or say, for example, uh, they, they have their credits and they use those credits to replicate those items. And that's why it's organic is because you have no direct control over that.
3: Right, yeah, like wealthy colonists could start ordering from like Space Amazon, and then the UPS truck would pull <laughs> like
2: up deliveries.
3: You're like, damn it! They no, keep
0: ordering stuff. No space mall instead of Sky Mall, it's space mall.
3: Oh yeah, well then <laughs> then you would have like the the low class. They would form gangs and start hanging out in the food court. And you'd have to like
4: you know, space <laughs>
3: mall cops riffraff. Yeah, they ha-
0: they hang out in the mall in the in the space food court next to the sparrows. Yeah, and their their mom
3: would tell them, like, don't hang out in the arcade because they deal drugs there.
2: (laughs) And all your old colonists are like, man, this place is really going down the dump.
0: They just closed electronics boutique, man I don't need to come here anymore
3: <laughs> I, I, too, am having 80s flashbacks from-
0: <laughs> Right Oh, shit Don't hang around the
3: arcade, they deal drugs there It's like, no, all the people there are broke, man Because we keep putting our money in Pac-Man
0: we don't have much Aladdin's flashbacks. castle was the best, mom What are you talking about? That's where I always yeah, go like, <laughs> you
3: put $5 in, you get 20 joints <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, tokens Token. token token. Oh my God! That's Oh sort of- no! no. That's, that's where the term comes from. Is because drugs in the arcade. That's why they call it token joints. Something. I don't know.
0: So how far along would you say the the game the game is? Tower like is it ready for? Would you say it's ready for Steam early access? Is it like even in alpha? Like what would you call where it is right now? So I mean, the
2: way that we develop, I guess. I mean, I can't speak for how other people develop, but the way we develop is we try and make everything as releasable as possible. So we essentially work on both Victor and I, you know, we, we come together, we talk, we decide what we're going to work on every single week. Um, and we work on the same things and we try to make that, the things we're working on as, as ready as possible so that you can actually play something. So that essentially at any point in time, if, if we died, someone else would come along and say, well, here's this, here's star So here it is. Oh, so it's like, so
3: it's like space station DF nine. If you (laughs) die, then the community can just pick it up and
2: yeah but that's that's our our idea right and so it's i mean with you know with a bit of polish we could certainly release it in like a month but it wouldn't be any fun you know yeah that's um, true. so in terms of how how far along it is you know most of the the core things are implemented uh we haven't balanced anything in terms of like how much resources are required for this how often colonists get hungry like everything sort of um you know it has like a like like okay we put like a a good spot that we that we feel like but it's not balanced um and so the actual game wouldn't be fun at all right now but it's it's pretty far along so i have a i have another like promotional
3: business question for you because i i think that would help a lot of people around here that are also working on indie games so i noticed that uh we're not the only people you've talked to i'm very jealous about that uh but you know we try to keep people to ourselves but I I've seen like a bunch of other interviews that you've done and you've been like, you know, on YouTube with it and you've got like YouTubers out there actually playing the thing and, and that, um, and how did you get that level of engagement? Because I have people ask me all the time, you know, yeah, so so how, how do I get seen? You know, when will senpai notice me
2: And and what did you do? So, I mean, so my basic philosophy, I guess, is, um, if you want the big dogs, the big sharks or something to notice you, you got to get a lot of these little like, the little guys first. So basically what I do, what I did is I went, I scoured the Internet. Uh, you know, I typed in YouTube RimWorld Space Station 13, whatever. I went to, you know, subreddits for small YouTubers. And I essentially got all their contact information and just, you know, contacted them. Right. And be like, hey, check this out. It's pretty cool. I got this stuff over here. Here's my press kit. I got some video on it. You can put a demo. You can put it up your YouTube channel, whatever you want. That's what I did. Basically, just trying to take a proactive approach of of just telling people, "Hey, here's this thing. Want to check it out?"
0: Yeah, sometimes yeah. that's all it takes, really.
3: Well, oh, and, it, and it's nice because you get that engagement before you do the
4: the yeah. Kickstarter, and then oh, the Kickstarter.
0: The hell was that?
3: <laughs> Joan being funny. There's oh. it's it's a long story. There there is a guy that we used to. Play MMOs with, and his mom would yell at him in the background. (laughs) So she was, "Don't eat the whole box." (laughs) It was just like embarrassing shit that his mom would do, and and he was a grown ass man too, which was funny. But anyway, anyways, um, yeah. So if you get the engagement started, and then do the Kickstarter, uh, as as we see, the Kickstarter tends to do a lot better than if Kickstarter is the way that you try to get engaged.
2: A, a lot of developers, you'll see them, they have this idea that um, if if they can just release it on Kickstarter, if they can just put it on Kickstarter or Steam, then for some reason the whole world will flock to it. They'll notice it and they'll love it. But that's simply not the way it is, right? You know, you right. have to engage the community beforehand. You have to market and get exposure beforehand. Ideally, the Kickstarter would not be the first time that someone had heard of your game.
0: But a lot of times it is. Right.
2: And there's nothing you can do about that, of course. But Right. You need to try whatever you know, ahead of time to, to you know, to market your game. Yeah, I think like in the early days, uh, it,
3: it's like, oh, there's a thing on Kickstarter and the press actually yeah. watched Kickstarter. And that's so how they got belief. awareness.
2: It was so much like,
3: um, yeah. Maybe
2: yeah, but it was like it was magical. It was like this game would be on Kickstarter. And you're Like, oh, my God, this is great. And you, you, you're like, I'm definitely going to give this money. Because, like, like, why would you would you didn't think that it'd fail back then? You just were like, this is awesome, this is so great, this is a game I love.
0: Everyone has and, the best intentions,
2: yes. And then, you know, <laughs> we've been jaded because, or maybe we had some reality, and you know, it turns out that sometimes games aren't fun, sometimes they don't get made. Um, and so now it's way harder, yeah. Well, it's
3: like, um, this week with System Shock, right? It's like, guy yeah. oh guys got like a, million and a half, yep. And then, they they as I understand the story they basically like built a demo to the specs that they told in the kickstarter and then once they'd spent the money to make the demo then they went shopping for actual capital investors like hey we're making this thing you're going to fund us and then the the other venture capital people didn't bite you know no publishers wanted it so then they were like ah oh, well we blew the money on making the demo and nobody wanted it so now we're going to make the game they want. So then they start making a thing that that kind of looked like uh, Prey, you know, instead of System Shock. And I'm watching the dev videos for this thing really close. Like, you know, they put one a month out, and it's just like, wow, more and more this thing's looking like Prey or Bioshock, and and not the game that we wanted. And but then when in his admission you know when he said okay we're we're going to reboot this and it's my fault and everything but he he just said you know it was like we we tried for funding and publishers and and they wanted something different than what we'd promised so we were trying to make something to cater to them and then we realized that we're off the rails and we got to go back and make what we said and uh so i think maybe that'll have a happy ending but at least they caught it before they were totally dry right but yeah that's that's the that's the thing like the kickstarters like even even with best intentions sometimes
2: things just kind of spin out and something that i think a lot of people don't at least appreciate is that it it takes time and to, to make a game and then the developers want to stay alive and so it takes money right to keep them alive and then you know developers they have families they have mortgages they have bills they have to pay so they can't just get by off you know ten dollars an hour or something like that and so you know it's expensive yeah. i guess is my well, point
3: Well, we've talked to a lot of people that were that were like well i'm doing this part-time but i'm gonna do a kickstarter so that i can yeah. quit my job and do it full-time and it's like no you no You a lot do of do money that. for
2: that like <laughs> don't do that you need a lot of money you're gonna quit yeah. your job and, and only have funding for a year good luck hope you don't die yeah because yeah. at that point we're not paying for the game we're
3: paying for your lifestyle so right hmm yeah. So that all these things, confidence problems.
1: Well, ultimately, for for many projects, reality ensues and yep. reality is harsh.
2: Right. And real life. Okay. In real life, are you going to work 40 hours a week and then give it your all part time making this game? Are you really going to do that for two years straight? Really? Probably not. Because maybe sometimes you want to go to the movies and maybe sometimes you're just bored or frustrated. Sometimes you just want to play a game. Yeah. Or you hit writer's block, yeah. the programmer yeah, version. It
1: happens. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah, so what um as the programmer this. Well, what engine is this? Is this Unity? It's in Unity. Yeah. Okay. So are you finding have you run into anything that you struggled with along the way like the whole isometric deal and getting things to occlude properly in that or is there is there any kind of technical like breakthrough that you had to make?
2: Yeah, so I mean, so for okay, like Unity's lighting system for instance just w- didn't work at all. For what we needed, um, both in terms of performance and just the way it worked. So for our lighting system, we had to completely write something from scratch, essentially, um, because what Unity has it really doesn't support. Um, something with Unity too is just—I guess—their game object creation system is sort of resource-intensive or something like that. Yeah. Um which well, is which is the biggest reason that it takes so long. If you if you hold and drag a huge foundation in Starmancer, the reason it takes forever isn't anything I'm doing. It's just because of unity creating all those game objects
3: Yeah, so whenever oh. let, let's say like you get a bunch of walls up, do you have some procedure there that actually fuses those into a single object, or do you track them as individual wall sections forever? Because that's the thing like've I've seen several people make like Lego spaceship games, and and it's like, my God, how, how do you get a ship that's got like 10,000 bricks and like keep track of all that? You know, and so, some of these guys have done I, I saw the algorithm the one dude did and and it just like melded my brain like, oh wow, because he's doing all this vector calculation about what can be seen and what needs fused and what he can omit and you know.
2: So for us, the wall specifically and the floors and everything works the same. It's a fairly simple system. I think it's um maybe thirteen, fifteen pieces, something like that. Um and then so when you place a wall, the wall is just one wall. Um and then it checks all of its nine well, eight adjacent, um, like neighbors essentially, and see if they're walls as well, if they're matching walls, and if they are, it selects the appropriate piece, rotates it, you know, and, and positions it.
3: Yeah, because if you were doing it just isometric and it was bitmaps, yeah. that would be one thing. But these are three D objects, right? Because yeah. you can spin them around. So, so it's uh, yeah. And I didn't realize the game was that way until I started playing around with it. You know, I hit the middle mouse button,
4: and I was like, "What? It spins." Yeah.
2: you know? Let's say. Oh, by the way, a minor thing, too, that no one's going to find that interesting is the unit test performance in Unity is so bad. And recently in like 5.5, maybe they, they incorporated some sort of change where one test would take place in one frame, which means at most you can have it seems to be 60 tests per second. It is garbage. It is it is the dumbest thing in the world. So we have something like 2000 unit tests. And was well, we that is that
3: game. like a debug test or is that like an AI test?
2: Oh, so like what it is, is when you, you know, you, you program something and then if you make a unit test for it, so let's say there's a bug and then you make a test for it, um, mm. uh, then you can ensure that 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 bug will never occur again or that that at least in one specific way, it'll never happen again. So essentially mm. you're programming a bunch of new things. You run all your unit tests. If everything passes, great. You didn't break anything.
3: Um, yeah, but then but then do you back those tests out or comment them out or something to get them out of the loop?
2: or yeah so they're they're they're, um they're not in like the like the the live actual game or anything like that they just exist sort of isolated from the game okay but you only
3: get one per frame right so yeah
2: right now it seems to be what that seems to be what the new unity did in like 5.5 or 5.6 or something for some reason it had to do with coroutines. actually i mean um but yeah so we we went uh originally from like one it took like one second to run all the test to over two minutes and then I had to go Jeez. through and try and you know, make it a little bit better. Oh, wow. It's just a minor technical thing, but it's incredibly frustrating. And yeah,
4: it's
2: like my, my Unity experience is...
3: Uh, I've been going through like a tutorial deal of like, yeah. here, here's how to make a sprite, here's how to animate it, here's how to slice a sprite sheet, you know, that that kind of deal. That's about as far as I am in it. You know, it's like, I'm going to get brave someday and and try that rollerball demo. I can feel it.
0: And And I'm but, guessing because it's in Unity, it's... The modding is gonna be a challenge if if it's allowed at all.
2: Yeah, I mean we we definitely plan on integrating modding as much as possible. I mean from our perspective, it's you know, people will make content for free for us. Um so of course it makes sense for us. But so we're gonna try to to integrate it as much as possible. Um so I don't know if we'll actually use like anything within Unity for modding, um, because you're gonna have asset packs, I think they're resource packs or something. I don't know if we'll actually do that or if we'll just make something completely Custom.
3: Have Have you looked at RimWorld's code at all? Like the the way that mods get made for their stuff, because I'm I'm curious about that. I've never cracked one of the mods open or looked at their mod tools, but they've got a thing. It's it's crazy modular. You know, like I see all this junk on the Steam Workshop, and uh, and it's like, well, he. I think that game is in Unity too, and my experience with Unity before this, um, I, I did. It was like, like Unity 3, like way back in the day, and I was barely any kind of programming on it. Um, but it, it was just kind of consulting in, in it as design. And uh, hearing the limitations come back from the programmer, where, where I'm like, well, can it do this? And then hearing back from him, like, no, because they package assets this way, so we can't just dynamically load stuff out of a directory because it's got to, you know, and, and maybe that has all changed. But it doesn't seem like Unity's real friendly to, like, here, drag a bunch of crap in this mod directory and we'll deal with
2: it. Right. No, it's not. It's it's basically intended for, we're going to put all your assets, we're going to, you build the game, and if you want to add more assets after, like, good luck. So we're going to have to deal with the good luck part and sort of figure out our own solution.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, with all the workshop stuff out there, yeah. there, there's people that have solved that problem.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So what's that game? Um... The tabletop simulator, that's made in Unity, right? Yep. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, thing, that thing's nothing but Workshop. Right. It's entirely moddable. So obviously, there's solutions.
0: So um, are you going to get onto Steam and do you think Workshop will be a thing?
2: We're planning on a Steam. Um, um, based on the games that are on Steam, I, I can't see why we would get declined, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, <we're planning laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Fair.
1: There totally are seven thousand games being released on yeah. Steam alone. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. I mean, yeah. look
2: at some of the games. So it's like people are like, "Are you going to get on Steam?" I'm like, I am like, "I don't see why we wouldn't." I mean,
3: so you are going to do some microtransactions and loot boxes, and
2: yeah. So what we're planning, planning on in a battle is, royale um, mode. So, so obviously, what we're planning on is if you at a certain point you will have to pay to keep playing, um, but it's going to be fun though. So what you can do is you can grind in-game currency, um, or you can spend a dollar. And if you spend that dollar, you have a chance of getting a new colonist um extra playtime um or a random resource. Um and also like so like all the palettes and stuff and like the wallpapers, those actually come from the loot boxes. And it's really fun, I think, for the players because like they'll, they'll open a loot box and they'll get like a new item and they'll be like, Holy crap, this is really cool. I can finally do something. I, I got to be exciting for
3: players and I got it. Difference. I got a great idea. Instead of paying uh, pay to save. That so would be yeah. you no, have to no. get a save no. token out of a loot box no. so you can no, save,
0: no. really. no, 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 save No, 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 no.
3: Uh, ninety nine cents, please. You um, thought that, shna- that save schnapps was bullshit. That, wait, that's what we should does. do for
2: for save and continue. You have to pay a dollar. <laughs> Insert coin.
3: Uh,
2: you, you heard it first here, people.
3: Actually, no, 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 no,
1: no. Save to load. You know, you pay, you, <laughs> uh, you pay you, you uh, ninety nine cents, yeah. and then you pay your ninety nine cents if you want to load that save.
2: That would actually you, be. You're awesome.
1: just inserting another coin to continue.
2: And if you wait like more than twelve hours, we'll automatically corrupt the, the file for you.
3: Ah. Uh. Jesus Christ. And you gave me a gauntlet flashback, like all the quarters <laughs> that you'd have to feed in. And I, and I thought, well, like engineer needs food badly. And then you could actually have death be a, like a, a visitor to the station. And he just wanders around like killing people. And you have to figure out how to get death off the station. Magic potion, of course. I don't know. See, I'm a fountain of dumb. Just come in here anytime.
0: <laughs> I will hook you up right so uh how far would you say you are uh from actually hitting 1.0 out of curiosity
2: um so we we try to be conservative with our estimates because there's all sorts of things that you know you just you can't foresee (laughs) so we're fairly confident that we can have the game released by the end of this year so what we really mean Mm. is january of next year so we're fairly confident um because it's still pretty pretty good now um you know like i said we just have to really balance out things so they're more fun um because right now you technically have a game you know when we're playing um but it's not it's a game that would be fun for about 2 hours and then you know you get frustrated because like tomatoes are way better than weed or something like that you know right all right awesome yeah so are you going to have perhaps some kind of a,
3: an assistant in there where where it's like i want this thing or why is that happening and and maybe have like a an advisor
2: thing. Yeah, so, so, so our idea is uh that the the sort of story behind because we're kind of like immersive immersion sort of snobs so our idea is that there'll be maybe ai subroutines or something like that that'll give you advice sort of like in black and white where you have like the 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 angel and the the good and bad conscious yeah. so, so sort of something like that is our idea right where it will be like this is your subroutine speaking now and we've noticed that a bunch of people are reporting issues of being hungry or something Yeah, and then the, the devil subroutine. Yeah, would, kill them or something the, like Oh, it would be the daemon. Ah. <laughs> Puns for days. Yeah. So but yeah, so it, would, you it could, would be like... You
1: could say, get that, and then send them to the uh, matter <laughs> reclamator.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's there's two ways you can solve this
4: problem. <laughs> you can do it the nice way, or you can do
2: it the efficient way. Yeah, for and then my, we'll also, if you, if you my, zoom in really far, we'll have ants. That you can see we're all crawling around <laughs> it's a black and white two joke i don't know best remember peter molyneux hyping that up he's like you can see ants if you zoom in and it's zoom true. In from space and see the worm in the apple <laughs>
3: and yeah wow. i played that you know i was so pissed in black and white one and i told him this too i ran into him at e3 and and it was like you took my cow away you bastard <laughs> Like Uh you promised us this game where I'm going to train up this Kaiju cow and then we're going to play this game and have fun every day together and just me and my cow. And then like three levels into the game, it's like, ah, they stole your cow and you spend the rest of the game trying to get it back. But then you get it back and it's got like a shrinking curse on it. So it's going to die at the end of the last level. (laughs) Oh my God, Pete, why? (laughs) And I think everything bad that's happened to him after that has been a result of my curse that I
4: levied (laughs) on him that day. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, no, sounds good. Sounds uh like you know what you're doing here. And I'm I'm just looking at like you're
3: you're coming into a really tough market segment, right? Because there's already you know, like I, I have wanted a accessible dwarf fortress forever and I keep trying to play dwarf fortress and I'm and I just bounce off of it because it's Dwarf Fortress. Um, right. but, but things, you know, like, um, uh, like Rimworld and that, that speaks to me, you know, and, and but, the, but there's like that and there's Hearthstone and, or Hearth rather, not the Blizzard game. Um, uh, that's unfortunate naming for them, but you know, there's, I, I don't know, maybe like 10 good ones that are cooking right now, Dwarf Corp, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So, so you're kind of coming into the ring
2: with all this stuff and, uh, so you got you got your work cut out for you. Yeah, I mean our hope is that ours looks the most accessible, you know? It, it sort of looks nice. Um and so hopefully that, you know, I guess draws people to it. Yeah,
3: I mean it it looks uh
2: definitely user-friendly,
3: right? So, so that's, and whenever I watch people play in a YouTube video, I don't watch people really stumble around a lot. It just seems like, oh, I'm going to drag a room. I'm going to put some walls down and it just, you know, it looks natural. Yeah, cause like people, people aren't really banging their head on the keyboard trying to figure out how to work the thing.
2: Right. Like our goal is that if you, if you build an interesting station, you should be able to take a screenshot of it, share it to people. And they'll, they'll think, wow, that is interesting. Instead of you having to explain what the cool thing is that, that they're, you know, they're showing off which is often the case in, you know, in some of these games where there'll be a screenshot and you're like, look at this craziness that happened and you playing the game have no idea what you're looking at. Yeah. Well, that, are you going to have some,
3: some sort of logging in there? Because you, know, you, you want it to be a story-making thing, right? Yeah. So in order to generate those stories, you have to, to kind of like record that history somewhere so somebody can look back through the log and say, oh yeah, this is that guy and this is what he was doing and
4: you know, that kind of deal. Yeah, it's definitely our plan. Dude, I really have to use the bathroom right now. All right, well, we'll give you a hall pass. <laughs> but, all right, well, I guess we'll wrap then. Yeah, I yeah, think we work. can that'll work. that'll work. Brian? I think Brian is muted. He may mic. still
1: be uh, AFK at the moment. Oh.
2: oh, well, maybe I can AFK then.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a break. I'll I'll, I'll just play some intermission yeah. music. So Spaz, how you been? Oh, I've been all right. Been playing some games. Hey, I heard uh, that
3: uh, distrust. They changed the aliens. They're no longer globes of light, but they actually look like aliens now.
1: Oh, I haven't checked that out yet. Uh, I mean, I still have it in my library, but I haven't played it in a while.
3: Yeah, it, it looks. Uh, it looks like is definitely deserving of another look because they've done some things. Of course, we got Stellaris hitting and, uh, Starpoint Gemini expansion today. today. Yeah. Yeah. And I I haven't even loaded that thing up yet. I I need to do
1: that. I just, it's a a new start too. Uh, you have, you can choose which side of the war you want to be on, but, uh, it's either a defense mission, effectively, or a defense campaign, or a conquer the universe campaign.
3: Okay, so so it's a fresh start deal. It's it's not like Titans where it adds on to your game. This right, is like it's a like a
1: cycle, cycle of game. Warfare yeah. where you can choose which which campaign you're playing, but it's a different campaign than the main campaign. Gotcha.
3: Yeah, that's cool because I'm not terribly far in the main campaign anyway, so I'm not gonna really feel the loss if I jump over to the other thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Although, yeah, you just make it a new. Be,
4: and-
3: it might be a thing where I need to know what the hell I'm doing to to, to get over there. So, so have you been playing
1: Eve at all with no, these guys? No, I'm not. I'm not doing the MMO thing at all. Oh,
3: okay Yeah, I'm. Uh, what are you guys talking about? I'm actually having fun with it, Eve. We had we had to take a uh, a bio break oh so anyway um, that's that's what i just anyway, our did that's yeah, yeah, what in, i just
0: did okay. that's what i just did that's funny <laughs> i wasn't gonna say anything so but she hey just passed each other in the hallway no really no each
2: other it's kind of weird he went we, right we, next to me i don't know why but he
0: wanted yeah. to shake my hand and i said <laughs> no thanks no thanks <laughs>
2: weird amount of eye contact <laughs> look okay, at, me. look at me!
0: Don't
4: look at me! Look at my eye.
3: <laughs> uh, so to add to the Peter Molyneux story, that conversation did actually happen at the urinal. In what? In Kentia Hall uh, at E three. <laughs> yeah, I was standing. I was standing at the urinal next to next to Pete Molyneux. Next. To I, I waited till he was done. though. we were at the sink actually, but
2: yeah, <laughs> you, you weren't. You weren't observing the stream leave his body. <laughs> why just waited till the moment he was done. And then <laughs> it's like,
3: pardon me, I know you're streaming right now.
0: <laughs> oh. I can't even, I can't. Stream Streaming meant a different thing back then than it does yes, today. Right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you you, we could do a show in the morning and call it the morning stream.
0: <laughs> and, oh, that's already taken. Uh, is it? I bet yes. it is. It, 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 oh, yes. Is it really?
3: <laughs> yeah. Scott Johnson from the Instance Podcast. He does a morning show called The Morning Stream.
0: It's clever and terrible. Yeah, he
3: used to. I don't know if he
0: does now. It's, Probably still, still does. it's still clever and terrible. It's still clever and terrible. All right. So uh, let's start wrapping up then. Um, so you're you, – I mean you've already funded the Kickstarter and you still have 20-some days to go. fifty like,
1: percent funded approximately? Yeah, oh, what are
4: you going
2: to do with all that extra money? So I'm thinking we're going to go to the, uh, the strip club nearby. Okay. <laughs> yeah. that, that worked good in the early 2000s.
0: Dollar, dollar, dalla bills, y'all. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm all over again.
0: But uh, because, but yeah, you have some stretch goals and you've already met one of them, I believe.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we want to pay for music and sound effects. And like music is a lot more expensive than a lot of people realize, I think.
0: I think it's um, yep. one of the more expensive things in game development, if, from what yeah. I understand. It's like it's all licensing involved. And the, yeah. the audio in general, but music especially.
3: Right? Did you see the tweet from Eric the other day, you know, the Rebel Galaxy Eric? He, he huh? was like, well, we just sealed the licensing deal on the first 200 songs on the soundtrack. And I was just like, he's either making a, a hell of a joke or he just put uh, out a hell of a lot of money.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Could
3: insane. be both. Yeah, it's like GTA 5 radio stations, right? <laughs>
0: I mean, so, Rebel yeah. Galaxy was fairly successful.
3: It was, and it, and it had a nice soundtrack, too, man. It was uh,
2: Blues Curico,
3: or whatever his name was. Yeah, was, the thing
2: is that with the game like Starmancer, sort of the soundtrack's important because yeah. most of the time, you're just sort of sitting there, and you need a nice... You need some music that's you know fills the space, but isn't too distracting, right? And isn't too boring, either.
0: Right. Yeah, and, that's true. And you got and and good music is such a key part of the experience anymore. Yeah.
3: You could call it Star Mall and just pipe in music. <laughs> uh. True story. I have a Muzak track that's 3 hours long. It's mall music from the 80s. No. I listen to that at work.
0: Yeah. Totally. Can you send me that MP3? I want it. I want to use uh, in,
3: I, in fact, there are YouTube channels that are oh. nothing but
0: Oh, music. I'm going to make some I'm going to make that for I'll, interstitial I'll music Yeah, I want to make that for interstitial music for whenever we like do a stream it's like, we'll be right back Yeah, it's just like put in dude, my earbuds dude, 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 and suddenly
3: I'm 12 years old She's um, to
0: to Oh man I'm with Sam Goody all over again just fucking hanging out in the wow, these cassette tape uh, holders are great
3: Forth Bachman in brilliant yellow Yes,
0: I swear we've been watching a lot of Star Trek: Next Generation, and I swear so many of the props are those old Case Logic um, cassette tape holders, repurposed oh, wow. for like you know phaser ho- phaser wall container thing. It's like I had a thing the tradition.
3: <laughs> the tradition continues because in Star Trek two thousand nine they had actually like those laser price guns, the barcode scanner things. There was like two of those on the on the console behind Kirk. That's
0: oh, like, I think I know. What I, know. That is. I think I know what you're what talking the hell about. What are you guys thinking? <laughs> I think I know yeah, what you're talking about. Price
3: guns, man. Like
0: what? Well, you know, when they got to yeah. do, they got to do inventory on the enterprise. You just got to scan those That's bar. Codes.
3: <laughs> Klingons <laughs> off the starboard bow.
0: Oh, oh my God. Anyway. Yeah. I think we're going too tangenty now. We should probably wrap
1: this up. <laughs> What
0: rails? What rails? So, <laughs> we left those one. It's like now. It's,
1: it's <laughs>
3: like it, when you go bowling and they put the, the barrier in the gutter so you just can't possibly lose.
0: Oh, That's the That's where bar- we're at. Oh, man. The barrier in the gutter. <laughs> it's always so sad when you see that because you're like, oh. <laughs> because getting gutter balls is part of the fun, I think, of bowling. Um,
3: and I have the most fun.
0: So uh, Tyler, I want to thank you for stopping by and talking about uh, your game. Even though, again, you didn't need us because you guys got funded. And congratulations again <laughs> on oh, that. Tyler, Th- write
3: this. Write this down. <laughs> you got it. Bowling alley.
2: We need we need Ooh, really, recreationally oh. to put a
4: bowling Ooh. alley. In we'll the just convert
2: a gun range into a bowling alley. <laughs> I, always, I always joke at Victor that it sort of looks like a bowling alley anyway. Yeah, totally. Or Star-ball. combine yeah. the two. Like one guy bowls, the
3: other guy shoots. You have to
0: shoot the ball. Yeah, fun for the whole family.
3: I really Just like it. However, however you get that in pins down, man, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody messes with the Jesus.
0: <laughs> also, bowling ball
2: weapon confirmed.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> ball,
0: got, bowling, bowling balls can be a weapon in any bowling case. Bowling in, in yeah. any ball. case, bowling ball. balls can in, be a weapon.
1: in zero G.
0: Yeah. Now, oh my god, be dangerous. You whip that thing yeah. fast enough, shit. No, go just, through a wall. Well you
3: know you know how they, they do that like blacklight galaxy bowling crap, right? Yeah. So you could call it photon bowling. And you actually like rip off the Star Trek noise of the photon going
4: pew <laughs> <You know>? whenever
0: <laughs> people
3: like gonna strike. I don't know. I'm not even drinking
0: yet. But oh I know. So folks, uh next week on the show, and uh speaking of drinking, next week on the show we are gonna Peter talk. Molino. We're gonna talk elite dangerous. Um, oh God, worse. Though we Raven on for this? No, I. Does anybody know David
3: <laughs> or, or, or Sandy? It's I, kind of I funny.
0: We were we were gonna. We we if you if you've listened to the show long enough, you've heard uh, mostly Jim, but all of us really um, just complain, complain, complain about elite dangerous. We love it, um, and it's such a disappointment. We want to love it, and yet we can't. And so, 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 it, so we're,
3: next week we're going to the to the Hazard Assault Extraction site. In the ring.
0: <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, the Hazard site that is us talking about Elite for the entire show. We're gonna just complain we have to, about we Elite. Have
3: to say good things because they're dropping that patch on us. That
0: we is. are getting it. We didn't plan this, but their next big patch, which has wing missions and things, finally. Um Drops next Tuesday, the same day we're going to be doing this podcast. So the game probably won't even work because everyone will be logged on. Uh, <laughs> it'll probably we got, crash. We're going to
3: get not only the Tuesday terror of Steam uh, going down, but... Yeah. That, um, oh my god, you're right. Private instance. Here we go. You're so, right. you know, oh, um, you're right. we should... Can, can We We have to meet up somewhere. We'll do an no, we're, open we're ta- so
0: we're ta- we're, snipe. We're talking about that already. Uh, I can't remember the name of the system we're going to be meeting up in, but I'll post it somewhere. Um so yeah that's what we're talking about next week on the show is elite dangerous uh the love we have lost basically with the game and how it's how it could be doing so much better basically
3: and what I Think, mean it, it's should it be doing especially the, now that I'm playing eve again right and, and it's just like man this would be like they wouldn't even have to get any assets or do anything they could just change this little thing but they're committed to being, like, as opposite of EVE
0: after as you, possible. After you've played a game with actual meaningful gameplay that matters, going back to a game like EVE, where it's like, oh, I'm doing another mission just for some money. Okay. Oh, I can grind faction. I can grind Federation rep to, okay. It's like, it, 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 we'll, we'll talk about yeah. this next week. But
3: yeah. no, The difference, <laughs> we have, the difference we, is you still grind the same. But in EVE, you're scared. Well not only the, that there
0: the is a year. there is a tension but it feels like what you're doing actually matters bef- just beyond money you yeah. know it matters just beyond a number somewhere so um
3: and that's a preview for next week.
0: That's preview for next week. Uh, this Thursday for the Lamb party, we are going to be playing because my buddy Joe from the Upper Memory Block podcast gifted me a copy. Thank you again, Joe. Lords oh,
3: play some old bullshit.
0: Lords, no, Lords of Waterdeep. Oh, no. Lords of Waterdeep. Oh, no. Water oh, well. oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's oh. what we're playing. He gifted he knows me. About a
4: little... yes.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. If you guys don't know, the Upper Memory Block podcast is a podcast where uh, Joe Mastriani takes a deep dive into one game of the DOS and pre-Windows XP era. So it's basically the mid, early, it's the late 80s to the late 90s. Should've and called
3: it, Instead of upper memory block, he should have called it the boot floppy podcast. Because <laughs> that's like every game he talks about. It's like, oh yeah, I had a bitch of a time making a boot floppy it, for that.
0: If you haven't listened to it, my friends, it is a really great podcast. He does a deep dive for one game pretty much every show. Uh, he's talked a lot about various space games. Go check that out. Um, yeah, I you
3: dearly love that show. It's I've gone a back wonderful and, like, show. Listened to some of them for it. Oh yeah,
0: about. yeah. No, he, he did shows about Tie Fighter, Jagged Alliance, um, Star Trek: A Final Unity. All these classics, and he's he's done all this research. And it's just him, like doing like a radio show of talking about the game. I don't know how he does it. I couldn't just talk my, by myself for an hour. Or whatever? It's
3: rubber, it's rubber duck, man. You get a rubber duck, put it on your, on your monitor, and you talk to the duck.
0: I Maybe mean, that's what he's doing. But I could I don't know if I could do that. But it's, it's a great podcast. But he gifted me a copy of that game, so that's what we're going to play on Thursday. And friends, we did mention Eve. Our, next, our second uh, Eve MMO meetup is coming up this Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can either watch the stream or join us in-game. Uh, there are details on the Steam forum and on the site. Uh how to meet us up in game uh because we are because uh, you can play for free now if you want to with the alpha clone, you can play it for free um so that is a lot of fun, and finally, we wanna as always thank our patreon um subscribers because you guys help make this possible, you help pay for hosting, you help pay for all the other stuff we do around here be uh
3: responsible directly.
0: And we are actually refreshing our Patreon to have more tiers. We're going to have a couple new tiers. We're going to have some new rewards. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, every dollar you, ha- you uh, contribute to the Patreon helps pay for hosting all the podcast files. It helps to pay for a, a wide array of things and more things we might do in the future. Um, so I want to thank you, everyone who subscribes to the Patreon for that. And if you haven't yet, it's patreon.com slash spacegamejunkie. Um, And that's really it. So, Tyler, again, thank you so much for coming on, taking the time to talk about your game, Starmancer, which, again, folks, is on uh, Kickstarter right now. They're currently in funding, uh, looking to hit some stretch goals. And there is a demo you can try as well. Um, It's very early, you know, very bare bones, very basic. But it's very uh fun just to build things and see how fleshed out and efficient the building uh tools are because it is really like I said I don't like building things and I was having a good time just building stuff in this.
3: Yeah, it's, so, it's adequate proof that these guys are actually going to make a game. Yeah. yeah. Those do a lot of things.
0: Ugh. Yeah, we've had we've had some guests on where they've showed us their games and we've never heard of those games again. What was that one game Jim from like 2 years ago where it was like a space shuttle? and and like the guy clearly didn't want to be there and we didn't want to be there and
3: I, yeah i i could name it but i won't I'll
0: yeah but you know what i'm talking about and like i know
3: exactly what you
0: That talking game about just all but disappeared and 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 uh, it's just really sad when that happens but we can just tell yeah, from this it, it from was this for the best. yeah but we can just tell from playing the demo here that this is going to go places and we're really excited to see how it goes and we'll definitely have to have you back on once you hit 1.0 like later this year, early next year, whenever that happens. Yeah, sure. But, uh, folks, again, thank you for listening and uh, or watching, and we'll see you uh, next week on the show. Have a great night. Bye-bye.